What's up, guys? Welcome back to True to You Chats. My name is Casey Brown. I am your host. You can find me at powercakes.net and at powercakes on social media. I realize that I haven't on this episode. Well, I have on podcast before I talked about what power cakes means, but I think I should have a little, uh, we should have a little conversation about that soon. What do you think? I feel like I never really had a whole episode dedicated to that. So the idea just popped into my head. Anyway, you can find me there. I am coming to you, I say coming to you live. Well, technically when you hear this, it's definitely not live, but, um, it is May, which means it is mental health month. Um, for me, it's mental health month every month. (laughs) But um, I did a story the other day on my Instagram right after I got off a Zoom therapy session and I was just feeling it. I was like, let's go, go live, not live, but you know, record some videos. I was a hot mess express. My friggin' hair tie kept flying out. I was all over the place. My glasses were on. And I mean, that's just life. And I started with a new therapist. My old therapist left the practice. Um, and I kind of had a hour long storytelling with my therapist and basically filling her in on me and my story and my long history of going to therapy since I was 10 years old. And it just brought up a lot of feels as far as just kind of replaying my story again. And, seeing how far I've come from where I was when I was, you know, 10 years old and and dealing with anxiety and and eating disorder at that time and how it has truly shaped me into what I do and what I am passionate about in the fitness industry. And so two things with that. One, you there is never a wrong time to focus on your mental health and reaching out for help or, you know, there are options, there are free options, there are, there are apps, there is, there are therapists that are practices that are around you, there are telehealth appointments, there are family and friends that will listen to you. And I just want to put out there again, the importance of uh, getting things off your chest. And even if that means just telling someone how you're feeling, and, and we talked about this in the last episode with Sarah and Amy, and it's just telling someone what's going on with no, no, uh, what's the word? No pressure to give you, uh, you know, a counseling answer just for a soundboard. And I think that I want to be able to be that hopefully that person that can help break some stigma as far as mental health and taking care of your mind because that is what has to come first before the body starts to uh starts to do the do the thing right um so with that in today's episode i'm so excited to bring to you miss jen actually dr jen is what i should say but and hustler is a performance therapist and strength coach. She does uh, kin stretch classes. She is a physical therapist. She's a PT. She's a doctor. She's freaking super intelligent and full of so much knowledge. I actually was 
introduced to her, and you'll hear it in our podcast today, from Casey Orvitis, who was on one of our, well, she's been on two of our episodes back in the day, <laughs> um, towards the beginning of the podcast. But Casey is amazing. Obviously, love her name as well. Just saying, spelled the same. Um, and Casey talked a lot about Jen and how Jen worked with the body and the mind and how important it is, uh, especially as a physical therapist, to offer hope to clients and get them feeling better and actually focusing on what their body is doing, where they feel things, why they feel things, the science behind our body. What is mobility? What is functional training? What are these things called cars that she does on her Instagram all the time? And I just had the best conversation. Casey couldn't say more amazing things about Jen and Jen and I honestly could talk all day. We had a little, a couple technical difficulties there. Her, uh, internet would kind of go in and out and then she would freeze, but I did my best pausing and restarting. So if you hear little blurps, um, is that a word blurps? I don't know. I think I just made that up, but if you hear those, uh, just hang tight because she's, she's, she's coming right back with all of, uh, her knowledge and, and she jumps right back in. But we talked all about Jen's story and a lot about our passions in this industry and how we want you all to take ownership of your journey in fitness and how that looks different for everybody. And Jen opens up about her ACL tear, um, her injuries, her surgeries, her mindset, um, you know, losing weight after her injury and she was a gymnast and that's how it happened. And then her family saying that she looked better or she was looking good whenever she had lost this weight and what that did for her mindset. And, and now being on the other end as a physical therapist and bringing all of these things together for her clients. Um, she's just amazing. And honestly, we could have talked all day. I feel like we're BFFs. She's just someone I would totally hang with and grab coffee and I feel like would just inspire me and those are the people that you want to keep close and selfishly I I love reaching out to these people to get to meet them and share their story with you guys because you're going to get so much not only from a client perspective as if you know you have two professionals here talking about uh, things that can help you and your mindset and fitness and your journey and the way your body feels but also understanding that Jen's a human and we talk about that. We're freaking human beings. We might be behind an Instagram screen or, you know, you seem untouchable, but these are humans with stories and that's what True to You Chats is all about. So I should probably like bottle that little saying up and use it all the time because that's exactly why I wanted to start this podcast. So Jen, thank you so much for coming on. You're freaking awesome. And Jen will be back on again because I took like two pages of notes during this episode and she she just had so many awesome things to say that we could take and make about 20 different small episodes. So don't you worry, guys. Jen will come back on. She's part of the family now. So feel free to reach out to Jen on Instagram. She is at J-E-N-H-O-S-L-E-R. Very simple when it comes to just her name on Instagram. And you can find all of her links and everything below. I'll make sure to tag everything below. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Take care of yourself. Take care of your brain. Take care of your mind. And that's all. Actually, there's a lot more to it, but that's all for now. So we will see you in the next episode. If you could, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. 
if you're feeling like it, um, that would be amazing. And that would mean so much to me and all the guests that we bring on the podcast. So I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Have a great day wherever you are listening to this. You are worth getting help. You are worth reaching out and you are worth feeling better. So make sure if you're dealing with any mental health to get help and get hope. And I am here to help and support you guys. So I will talk to you in the next episode. What we do on this, on this podcast, we just go for it. That's what we do. There is no formal anything. It's just start chatting. Yes. That's the best way to do it. I just feel like I've been on other ones before and like everyone has their own thing, but like every person I've brought on, it's like, let's just get to know each other and talk and I'll do the intro separate. Like, it's just like hop on in. Do you have like a fan? Cause you look like a model. Your hair's like blowing in the wind. <laughs> yeah. There's like a giant fan above me that, um, that's really funny. That is, has to be on because I live in Florida where it's just hot as crap all the time. So yes, yeah, there is a fan and I actually have my hair done for the first time in like two weeks. Cause we just literally, <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I was going to say you were like bending forward to like fix your mic. And I was like, does she have like a, like a model set up? Like the hair's yeah, so blowing giant fan right in front with my halo light so that we Perfect. have the full I mean I told you we were videoing so go for it <laughs> literally I'm like I come I just got back from like my clients and my hair needs washed so bad and I ran upstairs and like put two pins in and I was like good to go here we it go looks cute See, oh my god 98% of my life is like that but today like Wednesdays I switched my schedule so that I could be less, uh, I don't have to go into the office and work with people in person. So got it. Got it. So you're frozen and I don't know why. Oh, there we go. You're back. Okay. You're back. You were talking, but you were frozen. So it's okay. It's all good. Okay. Well, if that, I think, sometimes that happens. So. <laughs> Honestly, the, the beautifulness of this world that we live in right now is like, we're all so used to this, that it's, like, there's just no judgment. Like, it's just like, like my dog, I gave her some like chewy bone thing. So if you hear like crunching in the background, cause it's better than a squeaky toy. Like, I'm just like, I don't know what to do with her during I these. have two dogs outside of my room that I locked out of here. And I have no yeah. idea. One of them is visiting. My in-laws are visiting. Cause this is a new house and they're like coming to see. So they're all out except the dogs are there. So if somebody walks by, there's going to be barking in the background. It's all good. Like Kita, like, I'm just going to say early on when I started podcasting like one of my second episode I think it was my second episode my dog literally threw up underneath me that like she doesn't like casually get sick often and like I was I was on here with my friend Heather and we're going and all of a sudden it's really crappy outside today so I'm in Rhode Island it's like super rainy and but it was really nice that day she's outside I had her outside she was chomping on the grass like it was a salad <laughs> loving life comes inside in like tucks under my chair. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. And then all of a sudden I hear it and I'm like, well, everyone welcome to <laughs> true to you chats where we just be true to ourselves. And that's what happens. And so I like edit out this whole thing of Kita, like choking underneath me. So now I've literally, so if there is no, we've had kids, we've had everyone on here. So that's, I love it though. I love it. But so you're go ahead, go ahead. Cause you have dogs. So you understand. Yeah. I'm the same way. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I we meet everybody's dogs. I meet their kids. I meet whatever. So yes, I hold babies while we have boot camp classes. Like it's just oh, what I, I do. Did that, like my first year out, I had like yes. somebody who would always come. So I would like I was the physical therapist walking around with somebody's child, like as yes. 
I would have in that clinic, I would have like two or three people at a time. So I'd be walking around with this child on my hip, like <laughs> people are like, how to do I would always be like, yeah, I just popped this baby out last week. How'd you miss it? Like, where have you been? Like, you know, I would bring them out to get my patients and they're like, yeah. what happening here? And I'm like, that's not mine. You didn't miss connecting anything. the dots. I know. Yeah. I'm like, what'd you miss? You didn't notice I was pregnant. Like, it's just, <laughs> oh my gosh, no, but I love it. I've wrangled dogs during workouts, humans, like I've painted with children while their mom works out. Like, it's just what, it's just what it is. And it's like, it's a beautiful thing. It's a family affair is what I always it's say. It's part it's like, of being human. I feel like, yes, it's just natural. Like it just makes yeah. sense. But anyway, so I'm so excited that you're joining me. We are. So let me rewind slightly to see how I even like knew who you were. So Casey, other Casey. So yeah. we've got, I mean, what an awesome name, right? So Casey with a K, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. I was following Casey for a while, probably kind of got connected with her through my friend, Alessandra Skutnik. So I've been friends with Allie for, oh my God, like so long. We've, we have a long history, her and I of working in the same location in California and, and meeting each other and all this stuff. And then she started posting about Casey. And I was like, well, first of all, love your name. Second, started to really look at her stuff. And I was like, damn, like this girl's freaking amazing. Right. So I like, here's the thing with my podcast, right? I've been in this world. Uh, I've been blogging since, oh gosh, like 2010. So I feel like I was like a grandma, you know, like it's like an OG blog. Like, I feel like, you know, it's funny. It's like, people will be like younger kids now that I train will be like, how do you have followers? And I'm like, honest to God, I got them in 2010 and they have stayed the same and that's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, like that's when Instagram started and we, and I started blogging and I was sharing, I always joke. I shared like, Oh my God, I love dried mango. And I would like post it on my story. And that was like a post, like that's yeah. what we shared. Like it was just with like a terrible, horrible filter. Cause that's like all we had filter. <laughs> yeah. Why would I put a filter over mango? I don't know, but I did. And so, but that's kind of where I'm from. Right. Like, so that's like the, the world that I was in when it came to social media and then like fitness started to be a thing like, Oh, post about being a trainer, post about your clients post about, and then it was, and now it's just erupted into this yeah. almost, it can go either way. Right. Like amazing yet horrible. Like it, it can go either way. Um, and anyway, so that's kind of where I'm at. And I've always wrote blog posts, but I've always been like, I'm a voice human. Like I was born to this world with a voice. And so it's like, I've been wanting to podcast for so long. And I was like, the only thing holding me back was myself. Like I was like, just do it. Right. And so I started reaching out to people that I think people think are untouchable because, but we all know being on the other end that we are just humans. Like we are humans. And if you have a larger following, good for you, but like, we're just humans behind there. Yeah. Like you're still a human. You get up and brush your teeth. I hope, you know, and it's like, we do the thing. Right. So I kind of just wanted to, I started reaching out to people and I was like, Hey, you might not know who I am. I'm kind of like a grandma in this space. I'm like behind the scenes, but I would love to talk with you. I would just, I love stories. I love hearing people's stories and sharing them with people. I think that is what makes the world a better place is hearing other people's stories and being able to relate to them. And I personally, selfishly get to meet awesome people and talk with them. And so I reached out to Casey and I was like, my um, co-host, Sam, he's in Ohio now, but him and I started doing this together. He was like someone who really gave me like the kick in the butt, like, let's go, let's do this. 
And we both chatted with Casey on like whatever episode it was. And she just like, like lit up when we talked about you. Cause we, we talked about in her episode, a lot about the mindset with injury and, um, it, and I kind of can go into a little bit more once we get a little bit deeper, but things I was going through things I went through last year and Casey was, she's just unbelievable. Like listening to her talk and you're just like, wow, girl, like, you know, your shit. And so she spoke so highly of you. And I literally wrote, I can find it. I was like, Jen, like as we were talking, I was just like, Jen, we're going to find Jen and we're going to figure out where she is and we're going to get her on here. So you've come, I think she even talked about you in the, the episode she was in, she came back on with us and we were talking about you again. So I would love to know, people would love to know, I'm going to shut up now, but I would love to know who you are, what you do. Let's give a little bit background of you. And then I have some things written down that I like, and there's no, I I write things down, but sometimes I don't even go off what I wrote down. So (laughs) let's learn about you, Jen, and maybe your connection with Casey and how it all came about. Yeah. So I am technically a physical therapist. So like that's like what my license, my degree is. I have a doctorate in physical therapy, but like, I don't even necessarily love saying I'm a physical therapist because I'm like one half a like trainer strength coach, maybe one third. I don't know. And then I also do like mobility work and that essentially. So I like work on, I have like a couple of things I do one with clients. So like I'll work on mobility stuff with them. But then I also do can stretch, which are like classes that go through, like it's like group classes with mobility work. Um, and then I'm also a physical therapist. So I work on like traditional rehab, but I'm like, I guess one third of all those things. So I work like half in person. So I have my own small little clinic that I co-own with my husband who is a chiropractor, but he's a movement-based chiro. So, um, he's not quite the crack your back, your spine's out of alignment type of guy. Cause yeah. it's not really evidence-based anymore. Um, but So we own that and we train and work with people in person. And then I'm also like half online. So I do a cup, a little bit of one-on-one programming. um, And then I have two programs I actually do online. One is strength training and the others can stretch. So I do a lot of different things, but essentially (laughs) all of it kind of ties into just like teaching people and helping people take care of their bodies so that they can continue doing whatever it is that they love uh, for as long as physically possible, essentially. So um, that's kind of my goal (laughs) is mostly just to get people to keep moving and everything I do is um, in some way, shape or form that. So it's a lot of fun. Um, And I started doing all of that because I don't even know what happened I know that like growing up, I wanted to do something in the medical field because that's what I was told is a good idea. And I have my own thoughts about that, but Mm -hmm. that was like the big thing. And then I got injured when I was 14. Um, I tore my ACL and had my first knee surgery and Mm -hmm. I went through rehab and I was like, wow, this physical therapist is really cool. It's, he's fun. Like, I don't, I think I like this whole thing. So I uh, had my own bout of that, had another surgery on my knee three years later, and I've had my own issues with injuries and I have scoliosis really bad. So they watched that get worse. I had a back brace, like they wanted me to do surgery. I didn't do that. Strength training saved me from that um, and actually is what helped me. And then mobility training took me over the edge for everything else. And so I basically became the PT I felt like I needed when I was like 14. (laughs) And isn't it amazing the full circle that we go through as so many of us that are in this field have a story 
of going through something that we've went through and someone either was a mentor or you looked at them and you were like, wow, you're helping people feel better. And you like get the bug in you of like, oh, so if I can go through this, then I can help somebody else go through this. Yeah. It, it always is like that. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of the people who are really good at what they do, they've gone through something that they help people, you know? And so when you've gone through the things, you can relate to people better. You really like, it just, I think it completely changes how you work with them. And yeah, so that's kind of been my whole story in like yes. a nutshell. And I know, and I, I have been injured a lot of times and I feel like every one of those injuries and pain, I was in like chronic pain, like back and neck pain for a really long time. All of those have made me a better clinician and, um, they sucked a lot, but they are a big driving force for why I do what I do. And I was also obsessed with like learning about science and like uh, physiology. Like the human body is just so fascinating to me that like, I was like, so I can do a job where I help people, but I also can like constantly learn about the human body. And like, that sounds cool. Like, I'm just going to keep learning forever. I'm just obsessed with it. So right. <laughs> being here, and I think that's uh, kind of what I do. So that's why I don't necessarily just tell people I'm just a physical therapist because People have their own ideas of what physical therapy is. And they think it's like, oh, I had a surgery so I can go to physical therapy. Like, oh, you do other things. Like if my shoulder just hurt or uh, my hip is pinching or I want to squat better or whatever, like you can go to a physical therapist for that. And I'm like, yes, like there's a lot of things that we do beyond that, but um, I operate outside of insurance. So that's a whole different story. Um, Most of the time when you go to a traditional physical therapist, you're not going to get quite the same thing that I do. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's why I'm like, uh, kind of a physical therapist. I'm kind of a strength coach, but we kind of wear a million hats, right? Like I feel like in this industry, it's, it's get comfortable reinventing yourself over and over again. Oh, for sure. Yes. I feel like that's kind of a human thing actually. Like, to be honest, like, isn't that all we ever do? And then I always say this to patients too, because, um, when people come into my office, most of the time, especially like more traditional, re- like physical therapy, where they're in a lot of pain and they're coming to me for rehab and nobody else has been able to help them, um, which is a, a big part of my practice. A lot of times we talk about like identities and like reinventing yourself. And if your identity is tied into like whatever activity it was that you did. So whether that's mm-hmm. um, like sports or whatever it was like fitness sports and fitness are a big one um if your identity if you're really attached to that like you suffer more and then your rehab takes longer usually and so we talk about identities a lot and um kind of like figuring out uh navigating like who are you outside of the fitness like a lot of trainers it's hard sometimes and they're like well I have to be this fitness person I'm like well you aren't just a fitness person. You are like a whole person besides that. So we have to find some other things and some other ways for you to be and identities for you to like recreate and re-identify. And um, because sometimes you are going to have to like tone back on fitness for a little while. And for a lot of people, like we grip that so tightly and that is so hard for them to let go. And these are like conversations that I have, like I'll spend 20 minutes with people talking for the first session, like sometimes, which is why I don't take insurance because Sometimes that's what's necessary to like get through it. Because I'm right. like, look, it's going to be a long haul of us getting through this together. You're going to get back to it. But like, we got to figure something else out for the meantime. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think like, oh my God. Well, a year ago, and everyone who's been listening to my podcast will be like, okay, this story again, but I won't get too deep into it. But I, I was struggling with um, just chronic weird symptoms. Like I was having like tingling in my legs and then I would have like, 
then my low back would bother me. And then my shoulder would bother me. Like, I just felt like I was, I was like slightly broken in different parts, but I kept pushing through because it's like athlete trainer, show up, teach the class, you know, be there for other people. And I was just throwing Casey to the side. Like, I'm like, you're fine. We'll figure it out, whatever. Well, then COVID hit. And it was like, everything taken away from me in person for a little bit. And I spiraled like I went and then you throw, I'm very open about having anxiety from a young age. I've been in therapy my whole life. Like it's just, it's part of who I am. I deal with it. I I have a lot of ways to cope with it, but training is a part of that without making it my whole being. And so when you took away everything from me and all my connections of people and I'm such a people person. Like I, I've dabbled in online training and I know I can do it, but, and I don't mind like a video with people, but I am so in person. Like that is just my happy place is, is physically being with a human. Like that is my happy place. It's like, so good to know that too about yourself. So many people don't like, I'm not that way. I actually love my in-person stuff, but I need like three days to recover from like a full day of in-person stuff, which yes. is very not conducive to my life. And I actually posted something about it on, on my story today. Cause I'm very open and honest about all of that because I think we need to see that sometimes as humans, but like, yeah, I, it's good that you know that about yourself. Cause I don't feel like most people know enough about themselves to know like, Oh, that's why I feel this way because I like thrive in an environment where I get to be with other humans. Mm-hmm. And then last year it's like taken away from so many people and I, and that even more, I was like, wow. Okay. Like, but it also can come at the expense of forgetting about yourself because I would be like, well, I have to show up here for this person and do this for this person. And you understand it's like, we work when people aren't working. So it's like, we, you know what I mean? Like we are at a lot of people's disposal of like, sure. Yeah. I can be there, do that, whatever. And then I was just loot, like my body was just, I was practicing no form of self-care or even taking a dang bath at the end of the day. I was like, oh no, like, you know, just like simple things. And so that's what led us to bringing Casey on the show. Cause I was like mindset, like mindset of me having an injury last year, quote unquote, working through that, getting a team around me of people like PTs that are, we are lucky in our gym that we have rad PTs. Like they are, they are be, like similar to you. It's like, it's a whole approach of here's your exercises, workouts, mindset, and so much more that goes into that. But I think that people identify, like you said, I'd love to touch on that because it's like, when I found myself identifying as the trainer that can't take a step backwards for herself. And it's like, we need to tap back into actually how our body is feeling and what it needs. And it's really hard. It's really hard because you can fake it in your brain that you feel good. But then you're like, I go home and I'm like, oh my God, something's wrong. Like, you know, and then I would start to panic and it was like a whole spiral. So do you see that a lot or even with yourself? All the time. And I used to be this way too. So I would be like, I would ignore my body all day long. This is like what I tell patients all the time. Cause essentially what I think my job is to teach people about their bodies so they can learn a little bit about it. So we just like, I'm like, literally I'll have a patient come in the first assessment. I'll be like, Tom, this is your shoulder. Like meet your shoulder. You've been together 48 years. You've never met, you know, nothing about your shoulder. We're going to feel what we need to feel. Like I'll ask people, what do you feel? I'll ask them to do an exercise. Like literally I was going to make a post about this hopefully soon, but like 
they'll be like, am I doing it right? I'm like, I want to know what you feel. And mm. I had a patient that I've been working with a few weeks now. I think I had her third visit this week. And it's been the hardest time for her to explain and show me exactly where she feels something. And in the exercises be like, oh, I feel this contracting. She has like such a dissociation. And this is like really common um, with a lot of people and especially anybody who's gone through any sort of like chronic trauma and things like that, which is a whole nother story. But yes, we just like ignore our bodies all day long. Like we are just, we have our own script we go and we do the things and we don't check in very often. And I talk a lot and I have people like, sometimes we just go through what we call active meditation, which is just paying attention to sensations, mm. starting to get in internal, like go inside and see how things feel. And, um, that's essentially like the first part of what I do with people. It's like, okay, you don't even check in with your body on a regular basis. And I don't know if you ever see any of my stories or some of my posts, but I talk about CARS a lot, which stands for- I was going to ask about that. I want to know, I have it written down, C-A-R-S, question mark. (laughs) I want to (laughs) know. So um, that stands for controlled articular rotations. And that is a term that came from um, the functional range conditioning uh, seminar certification that they have through- Spina, they are phenomenal and they're worth every penny. And when I took that, I learned cars, which is essentially taking every joint through its full range of motion. So it's kind of like the brushing and flossing that we do for our teeth to like get rid of stuff, to keep them healthy for our joints. Like it is the movements that we just need to do for our joints. I could come up with my own variation of it and call it some cool acronym, but it would look exactly like cars. So I just, they're cars. <laughs> and then it's they're easy cars. for <laughs> So yeah. I, um, that is like kind of one of the foundations of things that I give to patients because first of all, we all like, I wish that kids could learn this like early on. And I wish I learned this earlier because it, it was like, these have been game changer for me. They're game changer for patients. But a lot of what they're doing besides the whole keeping your joints healthy is getting you to slow down for five or 10 minutes and feel what's in your body. And I'll tell people, okay, do this car, close your eyes. I want you to feel what is contracting to do the movement. Do you feel a pinch on this side? Do you feel tight on this side? And it is a way for us to check into our bodies and, and take like five or 10 minutes of, um, moving still. Cause a lot of people, myself personally, I do not like meditating. That is just not something I'm good at. I don't enjoy it. Some people love it. I love journaling and I love doing cars. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm your twin. Yes. I'm yes. Your twin. <laughs> so, and so I, I think it's a great for people to kind of like slow down and feel what they need to, and just kind of connect with their bodies. But like in a way that's not like making the one to jump out of their skin and cars kind of is a great little bridge into that. And so I started those with everybody and when they first work on them, it's kind of a game changer. And like, that is what I love because sometimes when I work with people, it's like, I have this chronic neck pain. They've had it for like decades. It's not going to go away really fast. So when I start introducing them to cars, it gives them something to focus on so they can be like, oh, okay. So my range of motion is getting better. Oh, I don't feel a pinch on this side anymore. So we see little like tick marks of progress, or I can just feel something that I wasn't able to feel before. Like I can connect to my spine. Um, and so that gives them little like progress marks, which is so cool. So I love doing those for people and then they get to see their progress and then we get to check in with our bodies. Like, how am I feeling today? You start to get data points every day and you get to know, okay, normally this hip feels a little sticky in this position. That's normal. Oh, this side or this part of my spine doesn't feel that great today. I wonder what's going on. And it gets you, it gives you the opportunity to start being curious about your body. And that is something that I love and that I I teach. So 
Yes. Long story, long-winded answer to your question. Girl, we love long-winded answers here. <laughs> <laughs> the long-winded answer is yes, we definitely need to do a better job at getting away from our own agendas and checking in and in, in our bodies. And in the service industry, that's even harder, like you were saying. And I'd love to just take a second to, to um, also say that meditation. So here's my thing with it, right? I have tried for years to be like, yes, need to sit here, breathe. I had this preconceived notion of what meditation had to look like. And then when I got back into therapy last year and I, and she, she started by just trying with me. Like, she's like, I know you don't really like, it's not your thing, but what if you just like stare at a candle flame? Yeah. For like a minute. Right. And I would do it. And I was like, okay. Like, you know, it just wasn't my, my jam. Not that it can't be someone else's, but I started to perform almost in a way what the cars might be. My friend, Sam is also, um, he is, uh, certified in with, um, oh my gosh, the McGill, the McGill low back method protocol. Oh, yeah. If you're aware. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we had Sarah McGill on the show early on and Sam is, is certified in that. So he was, he had me go from doing everything I was doing to bird dogs, to side plank holds, to bridge, like things that the athlete would be like, oh, well, these are like a step back, like in my brain, right? That's what everybody says about the stuff that I work on. They're like, but I can, I can deadlift like 200 pounds. And I'm like, but you don't even know how to segment your spine. Like can't even hold it. That's not even with weight. I'm like, trust me, when we work on these, you're going to sweat and you're going to be like, why is my own limb so heavy to hold up? So like shaking. Yeah. But shaking. I remember like, like I remember thinking like, okay. And as much as I'm a trainer, I'm so honest, but like, I don't know everything. Like I want to keep learning. I'm like you, I'm like a freaking fitness nerd. Like I want to learn and know how the body moves. Like that is my, that's my responsibility for me and my clients. And so when Sam would be like, yeah, we're going to hold this bird dog for, and we're going to breathe and expand and expand the rib cage and expand your upper back. And I'm like, why is this so hard? Like, why is this so hard? Right. I would rather go deadlift 200 pounds. You know, everybody says that it's like, I, I had a patient literally yesterday who is an ex crossfitter go, I would rather go do, uh, I would rather go do Karen right now. Nobody likes Karen. We don't want to yeah. do Karen. Like, I don't know. Nobody likes Karen in general for most things. So like, I don't really know what that CrossFit workout is, but she was like, I would 100% rather go do that than do cars and do things. I'm like, because it takes a lot more cognitive energy. And a lot of us mm. are just drained of our like focus. And so unfortunately, true. that is like where the magic happens with this stuff. Though. <laughs> so true. And I, and I never even thought of it like that. You know, it's like, we, we are in a world where our brains are constant go, go, go. And then to have someone tap into their brain is exhausting for a lot of people, I think. And that's was, that was me. Like I was like sitting here staring at this candle flame is so much harder than anything I've ever done. And so, but the beautiful thing about it, where I'm bringing it, tying it back down to is that when I was doing these exercises during quarantine, where it was like a time that I could just rebuild Casey, like I had gone to every doctor, every needle, every thing was shoved into my body. Cause I was like, something has to be wrong with me. I have a horrible something. And they're like, you're fine. Go get your core stronger. You're fine. Go, go work with a PT, go work. And so I built up this team and my therapist said to me, she's like, you know, those, those, those things you're doing, you know, it's like those, those movements you're holding and you, you whatever. 
that's your meditation time. And I was like, oh, because it's like 20 minutes of focusing in on myself and my body. And I was putting so much pressure on what meditation had to look like, but that's my meditation. Taking five minutes to do a glute bridge that Sam had taught me, you know, what to do. I was like, that is me checking in with myself. And so my biggest thing for a lot of people, and I think you would agree is like meditation or this checking in looks very different. It doesn't have to look a particular way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that, I feel like meditation really just, the point is being present. Like it's being very present. And one of my patients who was suffering from a lot of fibromyalgia, um, a, a lot of her struggle, there's a lot of trauma and things like that involved, of course. Uh, but a lot of her struggle was just being present in the moment. And so I gave her cars and the beauty of cars is she was like, I literally physically cannot think about anything else because they're so hard because of how I coach, by the way, a lot of people will go through cars and be like, oh yeah, I'm just like moving around and how you intentionally do things or how it gets coached to you will change everything. Um, but when I coached her to, to feel these things and pay attention to these things and worked on them, she was like, I physically cannot think about anything else because it's so difficult to move my own limb and to make sure that I'm moving my shoulder and not compensating somewhere else. And that like uh, presence where it can stretch the classes that they teach her, uh, I have like mini ones, which are 20 to 30 minutes, which I call movement snacks. And then I have like, a whole, Oh, I love that. Yeah. They're fun. <laughs> um, and then I have a whole 75 minute, 60 to 75 minute classes that we have available too. But 60 to 75 minutes or even 20 to 30, that's a long time. And you literally cannot think about anything else other than, other than I wish this was over soon. <laughs> and sometimes uh, our facial expressions are really great probably, but you can't think about anything else. And that's like, I think what meditation is about. It's just being present. And we're so focused so much on every other time except right now. And I have a client right now that I'm working with, um, We've been, I see her three times a week. I actually train her. Uh, She's like coming off of a knee surgery. She came out of knee PT and then she was like, okay, I'm discharged from physical therapy, but I want to go into workout, but I don't want to hurt myself. So I'm the PT people come to after PT, after they've been discharged or whatever. And I'm with you. Yep. And one of the things that I've been working on with her lately is getting her to realize like you live so much in the future. Like she'll literally be doing an exercise and be like, what's after this? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, we're going to be right here right now. And she was like, wow, I really do that a lot, don't I? I said, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right? It, like, exposes it slightly. Yeah. Like, how many are we doing? How many rounds? How many whatever? And I'm like, just right now, just do it. Just focus like, on what I'm we're like, doing. What do you feel right now in the squat that you're doing? Like, what does it feel? And then I'll be like, okay, well, clearly we're either not doing enough weight or you're not doing it with enough attention, intention. And I want you to fix this and focus on this. And then as soon as I remind her, it's like, bam. And then all of a sudden they're, they're beautiful again. And she's like, okay, those were hard as crap. So yes, and that's now- what I love about the, like, body work too. That's like my favorite thing about what I do with the mobility work and, and body control is kind of what I call it. You literally cannot physically think about anything else because it's so intentional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like amazing. It's, it's honestly, as I've been a trainer now, almost 10 years, which is like crazy, but, um, being able to watch someone that either is trying to get it done 
or you know what I mean? It's like, they're trying to just get it over and yeah. move on. And, yeah. and the difference between their progress versus somebody who is like, Hey, can you check me? Am I doing this right? Am I bracing right? Are my, you know what I mean? Like all of the yeah. little pieces coming together. It's such a different ball game. It's yes. such a different ball game. It's like, that's where the whole mindset comes in and like how uh, intentional you're being. And a lot of it has to do with uh, like how much discomfort we're kind of willing to put ourselves into. And I see a lot of people use fitness as this way to escape things. And it's kind of like a form of escapism for them. Um, but unfortunately, what ends up happening is we beat our bodies up. And so uh, maybe we feel good in the moment, like it gets the like endorphins are great, right? But like, man, they are kind of annoying because they like make <laughs> us feel good despite the fact that we're like not paying attention to our body and a lot of people use fitness as this form of escapism but then our bodies get thrown under the bus and they pay the price and uh the people who end up really showing up and they're like wow I had a terrible day um but I'm still going to put my full effort into this and not like physical effort because it's pretty easy I wouldn't say easy, but it's easier to put in more physical effort than it is to put in the mental effort required to do a really solid strength training program and put every effort into every rep. And the mm -hmm. people who do better, like you said, and the people who don't get injured as much are the people who are going to put in the more physical effort. And honestly, most fitness, uh, despite the like high intensity hit, that stuff, you really are just destroying your body. That's kind of not destroying it, but it's supposed to be really hard physically. Mm -hmm. Most fitness is supposed to be as mentally taxing as it is physically um, to get the most out of it, in my opinion. And uh, navigating that with clients sometimes is, is interesting, but like that's where kind of being a people person or being really introspective and like getting people, which is kind of like one of my, um, I'm an INFJ. So I feel like I read people really well. Mm -hmm. um, so like I'm reading with you. Yeah. yeah. And coaches have to, we have to do that or we won't yes. be the best coaches ever. We will mm -hmm. just probably whatever, run our clients into the ground, but exactly knowing their personalities can be so helpful so that we can like, be like, okay, so this person tends to have like more, uh, mental difficulty during the day for work. So the types of workouts we are going to do, or the way I set the environment up is going to be really trying to not force them into like more mental effort, but like really require them to think harder. So like those types of clients, it will be more of a stability challenge rather than loading up with weight for a lot of them, for example. So mm. yeah. It's so true. And as you talk, I'm just like picturing all my clients in my head and I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Like, I'm like, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, we, it, it, so much more goes into it than when people think whenever you're like, oh, I want to be a trainer. And I'm like, do you though? Like, <laughs> do you like, do, can you connect with people? Can you read people? Can you have empathy for people? Can you, there's so much more than just being like, Hey, go you're grab that bar and you bicep curls. Like th there's so like you're, when you're signing on with me or you or anyone that I feel like I'm connecting with in this space is like, you're signing on for so much more than people realize. And it's not a bad thing, but it's like people come to you and they're like, Oh, I want to lose X, Y, Z weight. I want to feel better in my clothes. I want to, and then I'm in my head, I'm like, Oh girl, you're going to get way more than that. You know, it's like, we start to really, it's so much more, but I would love to, to rewind and, and go back to the start with you. And what's your background in fitness? Like, were you an athlete? What, and I'd love to also off of that, what led to the ACL? Because I, I have a, so I was a soccer player and a track athlete and 
a lot of the uh, youth athletes that I train are soccer athletes. That's like one of my specialties is combining like the soccer and the strength and conditioning. And it's, it's a passion. Like I, I love, I've, I was a former teacher back in the day. So I love working with kids and I love that them getting girls in the weight room at like 12 years old. That's like my favorite thing. It is. I love that. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to be like what I'm known for, but it's a big part of what I'm known for is what I do with youth athletes. And the empowerment and the confidence and getting them stronger at a younger age. And so I just am always very curious because I've had girls go through ACL issues. I've had a plethora of injuries obviously pop up with my kids, but um, I'd love to know your story. Like, were you an athlete? What led, what led to all of that? Yeah. So I was definitely an athlete. I would say I was like, I did a lot of sports growing up. So I was like, I played soccer, I think for nine years and, um, I did gymnastics on and off throughout those years. So I would do it for a couple of years. I would go away from it. I think I cheered for one year and was like, cheerleading is not for me. So that's the no, um, back to gymnastics. (laughs) I went back to gymnastics when I went back into high school. So that was when I like stopped playing soccer and then went into gymnastics. And that was when I tore my ACL was my freshman year in high school, um, getting back Mm. to gymnastics. And I, was dismounting off of the high bar and I was doing, I remember this day so well because I was not, I felt off in the, the like warm up. Like it just didn't feel good. I was doing a new skill and it didn't feel great. And like when it comes to athletes, these little, like knowing your body. And I, uh, I don't remember who was talking about this, but like, if you feel off listening to that, like, this is where that whole, like paying attention to your body, like our body is really good at communicating to us. We are just not good at listening. We're not good listeners. Um, Mm -hmm. our body sends us whispers all the time, which it sounds like you had that last year too, like these little things. Right. And you're just like, totally. unfortunately as humans, we ignore things until they become so loud. We physically can't ignore them anymore. And that's where it becomes problematic. But, um, so I felt not that great that day and I did the dismount and I was still twisting and I landed on one leg instead of two and my body rotated around me and we heard the whole pop and it was in the middle of my performance and my actual orthopedic surgeon was in the stands because his daughter was competing against me. And oh my uh, God. so we had an orthopedic surgeon and he goes, I saw that. I hold the, heard the whole thing. That was her ACL. Here's my card. Um, I'll see her in my office tomorrow. Basically, <laughs> It's almost like, is there, is there a doctor on the flight? Is there a doctor on the plane? It's like, it's like, yeah. yes. <laughs> so he came up and they were like, I think I remember I tried to like finish my like presentation, like, you know, stand up and they were yelling at me to not do that. And then oh I was like, well, I, my knee kind of hurts. Like this doesn't feel great. And then they were like, yeah, you're probably not going to do gymnastics for like nine months. And then I started crying. Cause I was like, what the heck that sucks. So I uh, went through that, went through the rehab. I was not the best at being consistent with my exercises, but I also was discharged from therapy. I think personally, looking back at it way too soon, my quads, I've, I've always been known for having powerhouse legs because the soccer quads are like massive. I'm sure you know. It's a real thing. And, yes, and we have them. Like, yeah. Just, oh, totally. Yeah. They're, they're tree trunks. They were built for that. <laughs> um, and so I had like a lack of like three inches on my, my ACL tear. So we did not build up my strength very well. I kept having knee pain. So I slowly worked back in gymnastics, but there was no strength training. There was no, like, it was just wean yourself back in. And so that was like terrifying trying to do all of that. I didn't trust my leg. Um, three years later, it, the pain, and I kept going back. I was like, something's happening. I kept complaining about it. They're like, you have jumper's knee. They tried all these braces knowing now what I know then, like I just needed like really good strength training. I needed a little bit more body control, like mobility work like I do now, but you know, that's, 
how you learn. And uh, so then my senior year, the first meet, I think I had some pain in the practice and my knee wasn't feeling that great. It was swelling. And I was like, I'm just going to push through the first meet and we'll kind of get it checked out again because nobody's giving me answers anyways. What's the point in me going and get it checked out? And I did my vault and I did my beam and I could not walk after my, or I did balance beam then I did vault. I couldn't walk after. I was like limping and it was swollen. The next day I, it got worse and worse at school and I was limping so bad um, that I think uh, my husband, who was my boyfriend then because we're high school sweethearts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. That's normal. Like, he was like, I feel like I need to do something for you. Like your knee looks terrible so I went back into the doctor and they were like oh your meniscus is teared now or torn so they're like you need another surgery Jeez. so I had another surgery didn't have rehab after that my knee continued to just not feel great for like years after right so that is a very long story but that was my knee issues and it would flare up on me on a regular basis and I they told me after my second knee surgery you're gonna need a knee replacement by the time you're 30 the, your knee is so damaged. You have basically no cartilage left. It's almost like bone on bone. And I'm, I literally was 17 at this time. So they're feeding me all this fear-based information. Um, and so I was afraid every time my knee would flare up, I didn't like it. I didn't load it. I never strengthened it. It was still like two inches smaller than my other side. So I had knee pain for probably 10 years afterwards, um, until PT school. And then I started to learn about pain, about how it, adaptable and resilient the human body is and I was like you know I think my fear is actually more problematic for my knee than anything else and it turns out fear is really very correlated to pain and pain does not necessarily mean tissue damage and I'm sure you know some of that because you've been dealing with it but Mm -hmm. um, I basically started loading my knee and it's still not even a hundred percent because I went for like so many years of not but it's so much better that I don't have pain going up and down stairs. I was having pain going up and down stairs for most of my life since the surgery. And yeah, so that was not very fun. And so that was kind of like my whole background in my injury. Um, And so after that, I kind of was like, well, I don't, I quit gymnastics because it was my senior year and I had another surgery. So I was like, I can't do that. So then I went to college and was like, well, well, now what do I do? Um, I don't know about fitness. Everybody that I saw in the YMCA was just like, it was like treadmill, like cardio, whatever. So I did some of that, but I was never consistent. And I lost all my muscle mass, all of my muscle mass. I wasn't eating. I didn't know how to cook for myself. I moved away. So I was by myself for the first time. I would eat like chicken nuggets and frozen pizza and pizza rolls, like every other college freshman. Mm-hmm. And I came back that fall after, and I remember uh, a couple of family members saying how great I looked. They were like, wow, you look so great. And I was like, my, my legs were like stick thin. I've never seen them that thin in my life because I lost all my muscle mass. And everybody was saying how great I felt. And I was like, that's, or how great I looked. And I was like, that's weird because I'm having panic attacks like every single day and I'm miserable and my knee still hurts. And my back was actually really hurting by then because I also had scoliosis issues. So all of that was not very fun. Then I studied exercise science and started learning about it. And then I started dabbling in strength training and by dabble, I mean, I just started to go to the gym and I started to have my husband, who was my boyfriend still at the same time, also studying the same thing. We went to the same school. Like Mm. (laughs) we've had a very interesting relationship, but I had to start (laughs) to teach me strength training. And, um, my back doctor and my knee doctor obviously fed a lot of like, don't load your spine. Don't run. This is bad for your knee, bad for your back. Unfortunately, those were the things that made me feel better and Mm. started doing it even though I was a little fearful, but I was like, let me just see if I can do something. I've got to exercise. And I started feeling better. So I did more. And I did CrossFit for like a year and that wasn't the best, but like 
that was when I finally started to realize, wow, I need load. I need exercise. I need resistance training. And I became obsessed with it. And here we are. <laughs> I, I just wrote like a half page of notes while you were talking, but that there's so many nuggets there that I'm like, yes, yes, yes. My neck always hurts after these. Cause I'm always like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but for, I'd love to, um, to go, to go back for a second and one talk about the fear, um, because I've witnessed it with so many of my athletes of once they've had ACL or I've had an athlete before that had worked with another trainer before me and we, Sam and I, now he's moved away, but he was, he's like my, my, uh, like my right-hand guy at work. And we would just be, you know, she came and she's like, oh, I, I was, I was told before that I, I can't do, uh, I'll never be able to do a squat like this because of the way that my ankles or my ankle mobility. And I remember like just Sam and I looking at each other and she's 17 and I'm like looking at him and I'm like, that's not, that's not okay. You know? And it's like, we, and that was like a big, another learning point for me though, is the words that we use with people and clients and have so much weight on them because when even a year ago in my own story of thinking I was, I had like two different sides. It was like one side was like rational. And I was like, you're okay. You're going to get through this Casey. Like you're, you got this. And then the other side was like, you're done. You're never working again. You're never going to be a trainer again. Your life's over. And so to have people around me that gave me hope Hope, was yes. a game Very changer. Yes. It was a game changer. I went, cause I would go in and I'd be like, so not myself and my energy would be so down. I was so fearful of these feelings coming back and what they meant. And then to have PT, a training partner and the, the chiropractor I was, uh, that I was going to, too, just hope instilled in me, like, we got this, this is nothing. We got this. And I was like, wow. And then you see it firsthand with my 17 year old of like, yeah. So he said, I can never. And then we would like, we lifted her heels up on some plates. We worked on stabilizing. You had the, the, I tagged Sam in your post when you were talking about, um, the big belly, yes, big belly bracing and how I've been working on getting that with my athletes so bad and my clients in general. But that was huge for me. Like I've been in this industry for a long time and I was bracing incorrectly. Like Sam was like, dude, push into my finger, like not back into your spine. And I'm like, Oh my God. Right, right, right. Like it's such a connecting point. The second we taught her how to do those two things, she's squatting with no problem, no pain. And so it's like, we need to watch our words. Right. And we, and and still hope in who we're around. Yes. That stuff drives me so crazy. I'm constantly mindful of that too, because not just as a coach, because like one, you build trust with your clients. So like, it's really important. Your words hold a lot of weight, but also as a healthcare provider, we have like a different, like, uh, even if I don't know people very well, I'll still have heavy weight with my words just because I have a license now. And I have like that title. And so I'm constantly trying to like, make sure that I'm Whoop. Oh, wait, you froze. Resume. <laughs> okay. So, um, 
but I'm constantly as a healthcare provider, because I have that title, uh, always watching my communication and my words, because I know they hold a lot of weight. And I'll have clients and patients come back and they'll be like, well, you said this thing. I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even remember I said that. But like a year later, they're remembering that it's you're very impressionable when you're going through something like that. And so it's so, so important. And I really wish that um, I wish people felt more autonomous and challenging things that they were told rather than believing everything that's told to them. And I, I constantly try to also pay attention to that as a healthcare provider because um, I never want my word to be the truth. I just want this, and I try to explain it to people like, this is the best understanding that I have at this point in time. Because most things, when it comes to working with people in the human body and the pain experiences are so complex, we can't even begin to understand, right? Like the nervous system, we barely understand it ask like Joe Schmo trainer in the gym and he thinks he knows everything, but you ask like an actual neurologist or somebody who makes that their life study. We really don't know that much about it. And so most things are not absolute. There are some things that I can be pretty certain about, but I will tell people most things are not absolute. And I wish that most more people could feel more autonomous to challenge and to get more opinions rather than taking somebody's word for a grain of salt. And I do think some of that comes down to us using our own brains and not relying on somebody else for the answer, for um, the, the problem solving, right? Like coming to it and saying, here's what I know about my body. I'm going to do the cognitive effort of trying to figure some things out. And I want my healthcare provider, my coach, I want them to be like a team, like you said, with me where I'm putting mm-hmm. forth effort. Um, and that's really where I think the magic happens with, with getting better but, oh my um, gosh. It's, it's, it's building a team around you and asking for help because it's like, we often think even, you know, I run my own business. I do my own thing. A lot of people are entrepreneurs now. It's like, we have to do everything. I will figure it out. And, and even though I know that's not true, it's a feeling or a pressure that we put on ourselves. So when I was like reaching out for help, all of a sudden I started to get help. And I was like, well, no shit, Casey. Like, of course you got help. Like, you reached out for it, you know, and, and that's you didn't check out. That's the other thing. Like getting help doesn't mean you get to check out and you don't have to do any work. It just means they're helping you. Like those are the two different things. And that's, that's sometimes what I, I feel like I, I want people to challenge things. And if you ever hear anything, that's like, this is an absolute thing. Like you're never going to be able to squat this way, like, or at all, like, how am I going to get out of the toilet? That doesn't make sense. So if right? it's really off and you kind of get this triggered emotional response or like that, like immediate, oh, this is like crushing. I would say, let's question it. Let's get a little more curious about it rather than taking everything, you know, like as the truth. And, and that's really important, but because how you feel and how you think about how you feel in your body are going to impact like everything. And if you, and this is where, one of the things I work with patients, like with a mindset change and shift, which is why I love Casey so much, because that's like, oh my gosh, like, but it's a big part of rehab and pain Right. is instead of getting really fearful about anything that pops up, I think most of us are so fearful, depending on how you were raised, especially with pain and things happening. Um, if you were raised in a family that was like, wow, I skinned my knee and um, whatever, like my parents would just be like, you know, get up. It's just the knee. Like you'll, you're strong. Or if you have parents who are like, oh my gosh, is this catastrophe? Blah, blah, blah. Like that will impact how you respond to these nagging things. And if you have something flare up in your body and you had a parent that was like very fearful about everything, then you are going to be very fearful about your pain. And a lot of the things that I work on with my clients and patients 
is instead of becoming very fearful to get curious, like I want you to just get curious about what's going on. And I give them lists of things we go through as soon as something flares up, which is also why I like cars because we can see how we're feeling. Okay, what was my sleep like? How is my stress? What do I feel about what's going on? Did I randomly increase my movements? What does everything look like in the past, whatever? So we get a bigger picture and we zoom out and we look at the environment and then we can get curious. But if you immediately go into fear, you're telling your body, this is not safe. And pain technically is defined as a perception of threat in the body. It is Mm. not like tissue damage. It means that your brain is taking signals and information it's getting and interpreting them as threatening. So if you're constantly afraid of sensations or afraid of things, you're going to get more threatening messages and then you're going to experience more pain and the pain you're going to experience is going to be more severe because your brain is like, wow, everything's scary. So if you are Mm -hmm. able to just get a little more curious, things will completely change in how you feel in your body. It's substantial. <laughs> oh my God. Again, my neck hurts. Cause I'm like, yes, yes. I'm gonna have to do some, I'm gonna have to do some cars after my, after my podcast, <laughs> yeah. but it's so true. And like, I, I would, um, I I'm going to piggyback again. You have so many awesome things you're saying that I'm like writing them down, but it's like, I'd love to rewind to when, cause a huge part of this podcast too, is talking about our relationship with our bodies and the way that we look. And it's something that I've struggled with. I've, you know, been through two eating disorders in my life. It's, 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 and then I'm training youth girl athletes and it's like in our faces. And so that's, and again, we go through what I think we're meant to teach. And so for me, it's like a huge passion of like, okay, like the other day, I'm just going to throw this out there because I love this so much. And I think you'll love it too, but I have, um, at two college girls that train together, they're both been like remote learning. So they're not at their university, but they both play, they both play soccer, you know, at their college and they have been able to dedicate because they're remote learning. They've been able to dedicate so much time with me in the weight room because they haven't been at school. And so they're, you know, they haven't had, they've had soccer here and there, but they haven't been, this is the first time we've been able to go months together, like in a row of, of, of training. And it's been so awesome. Like I've loved every second. Cause when they all go back to school, I get a little sad. Cause I'm like, Oh man, like I love some of them I've worked with since they were 12 and now they're in college and it's so fun to see. But the other day it was so cool because we were, we were squatting and their form, everything. I'm just so proud. Like when I watch them work out, I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Like this is single tear. <laughs> I literally is. It makes me so happy. And like, the one girl said to the other, she was like, she had shorts on. She was like, I'm like noticing, um, my quad, like that's, that's that muscle. Right. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, do you see that? Like there was like a little, you know, a little swoop. And I go, yeah, because you're strong as hell. And anyone that tells you that your legs need to be smaller can come talk to me because you're a freaking animal. Like, look at what you've been able to do. And their feeling of them being like, I feel so strong and so good because not that they, you know, with soccer, you understand we're, you're running all the time. It's hard to keep a lot of muscle on, even though we get the muscular legs and whatnot, but they're, they can't keep up with their strength and conditioning during their season. So now that they've been able to do this and focus on getting stronger for such a a longer period of time, they're like, Oh, I feel better. I, you know, I feel stronger. I I'm having less injuries. Look at my legs. Like, look at my legs. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, this is so great. But I would love to go to back to when you said you, when you were smaller 
and people in your family were commenting on how good you looked. And I think it's such, it's such a thing, right? Like in our world, um, of smaller is better or smaller people have that feeling of like, like when I was struggling the most, when I was eating hardly anything and I was over exercising and competing in these shows that I, that was not the best thing for me to do in college when I is a whole story. But I remember getting satisfaction out of people telling me how small I was. And it was like, I couldn't lose, like I kept losing weight and I was, I felt like I was doing so great, but I was so unhealthy and sick and had no menstrual cycle and it was horrible. And so a big passion is always telling my girls, Hey, I actually weigh more now than I ever have weighed, but I'm like stronger. Now I look like, I feel like I just am a healthier Casey all around. And my body is happier now than it was then. So I would just love to touch on that. And, and did that, did that affect you? Did that affect you for time to come when you put muscle back on or, or, you know, your body changed? Oh yeah. I've had like a ridiculous amount of body image struggles my whole life. Like that. And that's something that like, I started to learn a lot of, I go back to childhood stuff, but like how were bodies talked about when you were growing up? And for me, it was like constant tearing apart, you know, like that's what I saw all the women doing and the women bonded over like tearing their bodies apart. And so there was a very big focus on what you, what you looked up, what you looked like growing up. So that for me, I remember when I was probably like nine, the first time I felt like I went to Catholic school. So I had uniforms and I felt like my stomach rolls were rolling over the skirt that I had to wear. And I was like, this is uncomfortable. So I started sucking in. And so I'm very big on the power belly type of, that's why I posted that because women suck in so much, but it's the exact opposite of what we need for core stability and to get our air into our lungs and our diaphragm. So we end up doing a lot of breathing in our neck. And so this actually causes a lot of different issues with pain and stress and chronic tightness in our necks and backs. So I remember back when I was like nine, that was like probably when it started. And so I remember ever since then, like my whole purpose with fitness besides sports, because I loved competing was just like, I need to be smaller. I need to be smaller. Like I, I never looked like the girls on the Cosmo magazine and whatever, because I was big into all the magazines. It's all right, we're back. Yeah. So anyways, I, uh, I remember when I finally got to the point where I was like super small, I was like, not, I didn't feel good. Like I wasn't exercising. It wasn't because of anything other than I was just not taking care of myself. Cause I didn't know how, because I, all of my efforts before were like, I need to lose weight and I need to like look different. And it wasn't ever about nourishing my body and taking care of myself. And so I, when I started, the only way that this changed for me was when I started to learn science and how the body worked and what that even means. And ever since I started, this is probably half the reason I'm so obsessed with it because I love it. But half the reason that I like started making that shift was because I was like, oh, when I exercise, this exercise is a stressor and it basically communicates with my body to make these changes. I literally was sitting here and all of a sudden like spa music started playing and then I couldn't hear you anymore. I don't know what I touched. I didn't even touch anything. What is happening? I was like, oh, she just like, you started talking and it was like, da, 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 da. (laughs) (laughs) 
I could okay. do that better, but like, that's interesting. Is, I don't into technology. I call myself a boomer on like a regular basis. Cause I just don't get it. So like that is never in my life. That is freaking hilarious. That is that's hilarious. Funny. That was like, it was like, if you could have told a sad story, then <laughs> it would have been perfect. Cause it was like, just so peaceful in the background anyway. Oh my God. All right. Not touching Spotify anymore, but anyway, go back to what you were saying. Body image being smaller. That's where we were. <laughs> yeah. So I think that like when I finally learned science on how to like, what is happening in my body, that's when I started to understand, okay, I can be empowered by this knowledge to like make decisions based on like nourishing my body. It's no longer about all the stuff that I was fed. And I really thought that like you destroy it yourself, like you have to sweat like a ton, you need to burn calories. Like this is what fitness is. It's about small. Like I had all of that and I had no science because that's what women typically are fed. Right. And like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like women had at least growing up, I, I think it's getting a little bit better, but like most of our fitness information comes from stupid magazines. I literally tried something called like flirty girl fitness. Don't even know what that was like DVD. I did P90X for once, but like this stupid, just like silly things. And they're not like super helpful. So I never no. was consistent with any of it. Right. Surprise, surprise, because I was not doing it for any other reason than to like change my body. Cause I didn't like it. Um, but right. when I finally learned like how things change in your body and like what it affects and what you're doing, then I was like, okay, so now I can be empowered to make decisions based on like, Oh, I'm taking care of my body. Even if my body doesn't change, you know, it's okay. And so I did start to put muscle back on, but I actually was like, oh, I see some muscle. And I was kind of like, this is cool. Like I can actually see my muscle again. So I started to feel better. And I think that really mattered the most for me. But then when I started really strength training was when I really started putting on muscle and I gain muscle pretty easy. I, that's like my body type. Um, so I started to like wear clothes that were like, none of my clothes fit. And I was like very upset about it. And like, this was when I started CrossFit, I think. And it was a really, really hard thing to change and like get used to. And I was like, wow, all of my stuff is tight and none of this clothes that I would wear, which was a lot of these like cute little dress. <laughs> yeah. So in CrossFit, like things didn't fit. And, and even like the nice dresses that I would wear, like they, none of them fit. But then I started to realize like, we have how many different body shapes. If you just like start to look at people and like how their bodies are shaped and different sizes, like I have zero torso a lot because of my scoliosis, but like my ribs are like inside of my hip bones. Like I just don't <laughs> have a torso. You can see that, right? Like my pants are under my boobs. Like that's just the way it is. <laughs> and so like, if, and that's kind of like the beauty of the way the world is, like we all just have our different. So it's, it, in, it's insane to like think that like all clothes should fit everybody perfectly. So I literally wear nothing that's not stretchy. Now I just know that because I love being muscular. Like I love seeing my muscle and I like will wear shirts that are like high cut. Cause I like seeing my shoulders. Like yes. I enjoy that. I don't look good when I wear like, or I don't like the look uh, when I wear big frumpy things, which is what I used to wear. Cause they used to look cuter on me and just realize like, you know what, just change how you're dressing. And I felt better that way, but it really came down to, I had to like adjust my mindset with like the clothes I wore and be okay with changing the clothes and getting rid of the clothes that did not fit anymore. Because every mm. time I would go to try new, my clothes on, it was a catastrophe of this doesn't fit. It was crying in tears. Like, oh my gosh, so many tears on all of these things. And my, my husband would probably be nodding his head if he was listening to me because he remembers yeah. And it just was like going through and like traumatizing myself with these clothes that don't fit me. Just like trying them on and be like, maybe they'll fit this time. Like, 
no, Jen, what are you doing to yourself? Just get rid of the clothes. They are pieces of article of clothing and somebody else might like them better than you. And they're just causing you pain. Get some clothes that fit you. And so I slowly worked on my wardrobe and uh, literally purged my closet and was like, stretchy. If it's not stretchy, it's not for me, first of all. (laughs) I mean, can we repeat that over and over and over again? I'm going to title the podcast. If it's not stretchy, it's not for me. (laughs) That's amazing. That's a message that I want everybody to know. So for real though, for real. And so, and then I started realizing like, you know what, my whole purpose with fitness and like what I want, because I've been down the path of like being so debilitated after trying to do cleaning for my apartment, my back would spasm and I would be like on my back for like two days after. That is not a way to live when you're 19 years old, 20 years old. Mm. No. So I realized that like when I started feeling better and I started being able to do things like my whole purpose with fitness is so that I can be functional for as long as possible. Like I want to hike. I want to do things. I don't want to be the, the 70, 80 year old that's like in a wheelchair and like decrepit. Like I don't want that. And I, I think that's something that we're fed as like, it's a guarantee, but only because it's, it, it lets us off the hook. And that's, it's definitely a guarantee if you don't try for anything else. Right. I was so, going to say, it's also, it's also harder, right? It, it, it involves effort. It involves effort and discomfort up front. Right. So like, we Mm -hmm. don't like discomfort up front. We would rather deal with it later. I would rather do make everything hard now. Like I I completely changed my mind and I was not like that beforehand. So, um, yeah. So like, I'm okay with discomfort now so that future gen doesn't have as much. And really you're just constantly doing that. And then future gen kind of gets to reap it, but like, you just know, you never really reap all of it. Like, I'm just constantly thinking of 70 year old Jen. Like, what does she want to do? She wants to do pull-ups Mm. still probably. Um, so I'm constantly thinking about that and that kind of completely changes the way that has changed the way that I work out. And I actually sent an email because I send like weekly emails and I sent something the last week and it was like a question of if how you exercised had no effect on what you looked like, what would it look like? Like, what would your workouts look like? Ooh. And I, I just like sent that as like a little reflection because it was something that had been coming up in my office and we talk a lot about adaptations and what exercise is really doing. Um, cause that was so big for me. And I just think like, like, what would that change? Would, would you still go do the cardio for me? Yes. Because I actually never did cardio for a long time. Cause I was like, Oh, cardio is bad for your strength gains, but I like actually care about my heart and lungs and it's really good for your heart and lungs and a lot of other things like your mental health and recovery, actually low intensity cardio is amazing for that. So mm-hmm. I love using that as just a little reflection. And I think that if we put a little less focus on fitness for appearance, um, and a little bit more on, you know, function, we'd be better off. And that's not to say that appearance goals are like negligible, right? Like if I still, I love my quads. So I like want to build them now. Like, and I have, mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite things when I see a client make that shift to like women that are like, Oh, look. And they're like showing off their leg and they're like, see this. Yes. Line? And I'm yes. Like, it's fun to see your work on your body. Right. So it's not that you can't have appearance goals, but it's also like it, the weight where we hold it. Um, I just think that a lot of times we have more success when it's more function oriented. Oh my God. I love everything about that. I just quoted you three times. Like I wish I should be <laughs> typing this because my handwriting is not that great. So I'm like, da, 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 da. if exercise couldn't, if you go to the gym and exercise couldn't change, like the exercise you're doing couldn't change your body, what would you do different in the gym? And that's like freaking amazing because it's like, it's so cool too. And I'm sure you a hundred percent 
have this. It's like you have the athletes and then I have my clients that are grandparents that just want to ride their bikes with their grandkids and be able to move. And it's like the other day, one of my um, female clients, she's, oh gosh, I think she's in her sixties, late sixties. And she's been with me for like two years. And she tells her grandkids that when she comes to train, she's going to wrestling practice (laughs) because she's like, grandma's a wrestler. Like, it's like freaking amazing. And I love them so much. But she said the other day, she went to the doctor and the doctor was like, literally said to her, and I'm not downplaying doctors at all, but it's just such like a typical, I feel like a typical thing that anyone could say to a woman, right? She was, he was like, yeah, I'd really, um, I'm not sure what you're doing, but I'd really love for you to be doing whatever your husband's doing. So if like, he's going to the gym, like make sure you're doing what he's doing and then maybe lift like five pound weights for bicep curls every now and then. And I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Um, first of all, she came to me first. The husband followed months later. I love him dearly. He was a little bit afraid of me. I think I'm like that. I'm, I'm like a, a kind human, but like, I think he was just afraid in general of fitness and what it looked like. And she was, she's slamming med balls, hex bar deadlifting. Like we are doing things. And I'm like, this guy had no idea the work that you put in behind the scenes. Like it, it just, it took me to even more of a level of like passion. You know, I was like, hold on a second. So you told her to, he's like, nah, yeah. Use the five pound dumbbells for bicep curls. And then whatever your husband's doing, do that. Just assuming that her husband was going to the gym and she should follow. And I was like, wait a second, you know, and it got me fired up, like fired. I like, I feel the emotional response to that so much right now. Like that just makes me so frustrated. And I think that like, I'm always happy when doctors encourage movement and I also doctors, totally. like right. And, um, being in healthcare, sometimes healthcare providers don't realize the weight of the words, like you said earlier, but like your physician, your, your medical doctor is not educated on giving you fitness advice or nutrition advice. To be honest, I, I, I've heard some of the worst movement advice from doctors, like they just are not, they don't have the training and that's okay. Like also we need to stop expecting our doctors to be everything. They're not gods. They're literally there to help you get into the right places and take care of anything that you are sick. They're great at that. They're not good at getting you fit. They don't. And I wish they would realize that too. And sometimes that's a whole different story, but like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that makes me so frustrated. I like, (laughs) I would have such a intense response to that. If I were her, like that guy would have face over her mask. Like she was like, and you want to know what he said? Like, she was like, I could just see it. You know, I was like, I've gotten real good at like reading eyes. Right. Like, it's like, it's like, you can see everything. I'm such like, I'm such like an empath and I feel things, but I'm like, people's eyes are everything now. And so but and she the was eyebrows like, too. Oh yeah. yeah. And she's like, you want to know what he said? And I was like, oh no. I said, you know what? So I took a video that day of her like hex bar deadlifting. And I was like, so next time you go, just pull out your phone and be like, here's what I do. Like, you know, I work with someone who understands like, of course she's not doing backflips and she doesn't need to, like, it's like, she doesn't need to do hanging leg raises. Like it's, she's doing functional shit so that she can get on the bike and bike with her grandkids. Like, I mean, that's where we are. And it's, that if she falls or trips, she's going to break a bone and it'll shatter because she's gotten 
decrease bone density. Like, hello, five pound dumbbells is not enough for women. I am pounding the chair here. Like, yes. So, no, my mom is so terrible. My mom always says, my mom's a trainer. Shocker. She's been a trainer for 30 years and I become my mother and that's okay. Cause she's really awesome. But I, um, she always would say to me, cause she trained a lot of, uh, people in advanced age. Like that was like, that was her, she's so patient. And I learned that through my childhood, watching her with clients, like the patience she has of working with an athlete and then going to an 85 year old, who's just pulling and pushing a broomstick with her. Like it was amazing to watch. And but she would always say, I want my clients to bounce, not break. That was like her biggest thing. And I was like, there you go, you know? And it's, exactly. it's so simple. Yeah. And your one post, I just want to touch on too. Um, so I'm mindful of your time. Cause I feel like I could talk to you forever and ever, but <laughs> there was, and I think that I would love, and I want to bring you back on as long as you're cool with that. I'd love to, everyone that I bring on is like, you're so like, we didn't even get into the depth of your knowledge of, I'd love to bring you back on and talk about mobility and what that is. And I just want like, that could be a whole topic if you're cool with, if coming back on yeah, for, for sure. sure. That'd be fun. I love talking about that stuff too. So. <laughs> right. And, but I, I love the initial conversation of just getting to know you and people sharing, like getting to know who you are and your story, but you posted the hierarchy and Casey's also posted one of these two, like the hierarchy of needs when it comes to fitness. And I think that people get it so twisted. Um, and I'd love for you just to touch on that. I feel like that's an awesome, uh, like segue into like a next episode with you, but you have it on your Instagram and we'll put everywhere in the show notes where people can find you, but your hierarchy of needs of, am I training? Am I exercising? Am I, am I moving? Like, it's like, oh, I yeah. think people get it twisted. So I'd love for you to explain it and kind of just go into why, like, just, but the science behind what we need to be focusing on as humans. Yeah. So I, I posted like a whole post about like the difference between what exercise versus like training, you know, is and in general movement. And um, I think that getting a definition behind those terms is kind of important because people will for a bunch of different reasons, but one is like, they'll be like, well, I'm active throughout the day. Like I have, I'm pretty active. So I don't need exercise or I don't need to work out or I don't need to train. So that's problematic in and of itself for a couple of different reasons. But then there's also people who are like, well, I work out, like I already work out. I don't like strength training or, um, you know, like I'm working out doing X, Y, Z. Is that enough? And it really is highly dependent. Right. So the reason I posted that is because sometimes we're going to move to just move and we're going to do like a random workout and it'll be kind of just like putting together something for exercise. Exercise is just like, it's structured, but it's not so structured that you're doing the same thing every time you're picking things exactly like perfect, like reps and sets and whatever exercise is just moving your body um, and trying to get for a purpose. So I would say trying to get your heart rate up, trying to do whatever it is. Um, but training is when we are being really specific with what we're trying to produce in our body. And so I talked a little bit earlier about how, when we exercise, we are stressing the body and then our body makes those adaptations and it will become stronger or faster or have more mitochondrial density or whatever it is that is very specific to the stressor that we, we did that day. And that happens when we rest and we feel adequately. So those actual changes don't happen in the gym, which is why rest days are so important. Um, mm -hmm. But training is when we get really, really specific and we are very specific about what we're doing. And 
most people need to be a little bit more specific about their training to mitigate injuries. And training becomes really important when you're going to rehab something um, or when you're just looking to maintain the ability to be physically active and move. And we can talk about that in a minute. But, um, and I kind of think of that as like an umbrella. So if we think about movement in general, anytime I move my body, it's movement. So that's like the top umbrella, right? Like movements there, physical activity and movement are the same thing. That's just like getting up and walking to your bathroom or fidgeting me. I fidget a lot with my hands and talking. I'm sure. I'm right there with you. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, that, and then we have like exercise, which is being a little bit more structured. Um, but maybe it's not so structured that you have a plan. It's just going to your normal group fitness classes. Those are not structured. They're a little bit structured, but they're not specific and they're not doing much more than getting you moving, sweating, heart rate up, which is fine, right? We still need that. And we need those, we need 150 minutes of moderate intensity or 70 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise per the guidelines. That's exercise. Training is when we funnel down to being the most specific. So all these are under movement, right? But training is like the most specific. And um, this is when I talk about mobility training versus like just random movement flows, like movements great. It feels good. But if you really want to get a better hip or a better shoulder, we have to be training mobility. We need to be very specific about what we need to make changes in your body. And that's where training comes in. And strength training specifically is why I posted that because most of us need strength training. And I mean, strength training, just because you're lifting weights doesn't mean you're training. It just means you're exercising with weights Strength training is being very specific. It's in, I posted this week actually about uh, load management and that's why, so that we can kind of track how much we're doing. Because if we randomly decide to just PR a deadlift and we haven't prepared our body doing deadlifts and got the tissue capacity or the strength in our muscles and tendons and ligaments and all of that up over time, we're at a high risk for injury because that's a very acute load on our bodies and our bodies injuries happen when tissue uh, capacity is lower than the load that's placed on it. So when we jump in load all of a sudden. So Mm -hmm. those three things and understanding kind of how they funnel into each other is really important. And I made that post because this is like what I converse about with my patients and clients all the time. Um, And they'll come in, they'll be doing fitness and fitness works, but eventually they'll be like, now I'm all injured and all these random things. And I'm like, well, that's because we haven't been really working on specific training. You've just kind of been doing random stuff, which is fine. It's still better than being a couch potato. Um, Totally. None of these things are like wrong or right. It's just what you're trying to get out of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a lot. And that's kind of like what I studied, like exercise science in my undergrad. And so I basically made a post where I tried to take my whole undergrad and put it into like one 10 slide post, which was really hard, but. Oh my gosh. And that's the thing. Cause it's like, there's so, it's so, like you said, the human body is just so complex and it's like every single person's story or what they want to get out of something is obviously also very complex too. And it's like what their specific goals or needs are. And then like taking us to blend that together for someone. But I think people don't like, even today, one of my ladies in one of my group classes was like, so is it better to run longer or what you say, run or walk longer distance or shorter distance with more effort? And I was like, Oh, cause it like kind of came out of like, we were in the middle of doing like something else. And I'm like, 
That's a really good question, you know? And I kind of was like, I hate to say it depends, but it depends. Like, you know, and I was just kind of, it always depends. depends. It always depends. And that's what I mean. Like, I always kind of answer like, it depends. And I went over the benefits of both. Why I was like, listen, you just want to get like uncomfortable like if you get uncomfortable one to two days a week of like getting uncomfortable, like doing something shorter, more effort, that's great. But then there are days where your body just needs longer and slower and that's okay, you know? And so I don't think people, like you said, to kind of bring it all back around, it's like we look for the quick fix or what we're supposed to be doing or what the magazine says to do. Like, oh, faster, shorter is the new way to fat loss or whatever it is. But it's like, wait a second, are we actually thinking what I need or what my body wants to do or feels good at? And I think that's the point of like our whole conversation is like tapping into ourselves. And I don't think people trust themselves, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. If you don't have like a strong sense of yourself, then you're not going to be able to hold any new information up against your own, like what you know for yourself. So that's like why it's so important to like know who you are, know what is important for you, know what your goals are. And then when new information comes, then okay. Okay. Repeat what you just said. Cause I knew it was good. I saw your hands going and I was like, shit. <laughs> So having a strong sense of self is going to be so important because if we do not, then when we have new information, we're going to be like, we have nothing to hold it up against, right? So we're just like, oh, that must be the truth. It is what it is. I'm going to take that as a new thing. But if we're doing the work to really know ourselves and and kind of know what our truths are, what's like, what our goals are, what we're doing, what's important to us, then we get new information and we're like, does that match my goals? Is that the same? Or if you don't know that, you can ask better questions about getting curious about it rather than taking that new information as like Bible and as like the truth. Right. So that's, is just so important because those flashy headlines love to be like, this is the new thing. And then people are like, well, I don't know what is. And I'm like, well, what do you want? What are your goals with fitness? Do you want to lose fat right now? Like, is that your goal? Is that your immediate goal? Or is, is your goal really to just be like functional and like healthy and things like that? So, um, do you want to be fast? Do you want to be super strong? Those look different for your training program, or are you just generally trying to be healthy? Then it's a matter of like, what do you enjoy? What is your time constraints? What's realistic to you? And what is your body prepared for? You're not going to jump into hit if you haven't ran or jogged for like 12 years. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, and kind of going back to like the hierarchy thing too, we love to focus on like the hit and high intensity stuff. And if we think about like a pyramid, like everybody loves like the, the burn and the crazy, like intense things. And they like focus on that so much as the foundation of their pyramid. And then they'll do like a little bit of other like strength training work or something like that. And then at the top, they'll think about mobility flows or just like movement, right? Like walks. But in reality, like most of our like movement should be just like walking and fidgeting and, and low intensity movement, like chronically moving positions. We were mm-hmm. meant to do that throughout the day. We are not meant to be like sitting here forever. That's why you and I are like all over the place here, like constantly, whatever, <laughs> um, because that's what we were meant to do. And then, right. then focusing on like more moderate intensity. And then at the very tip, a little bit of a sprinkle of like higher intensity, really getting out of your comfort zone. But like you have to build the foundation of like, low intensity, boring stuff, um, for fitness. And most, most stuff does not tell you that it's like, and it's not fun. It's not sexy. So. Well, right. And it can, I think like make people almost just want to give up right away because it's like, okay, well, 
like I need, I like the pressure of, I need to jump back into a high intensity class when they oh, haven't yeah. done anything for months. And then you're wondering why you're first of all, so sore that you can't even move for days or you don't feel good after, or it's like, and then you take another week off and then you it's hard to get back into it. It's like, that's not where you have to jump back into by any means, like start walking, start like stretch, doing the cars on the, on the floor, like yeah. start doing things, just moving, just moving. And it's so simple, but yet this world and this industry likes to take things. And we're like constantly battling that what's sexy. We're yeah. constantly battling that. Yeah. Always. It's because it's, it's so it's hard. It's really hard. But yeah. Once they start to like once people start to kind of realize it and they're like, oh, I'm not beating my body up all the time, it starts to feel better. And I had a client that I've seen for over a year now, and she was an ex like orange theory fitness, like CrossFit. So like she was used to like the destroy your body kind of um not hating on either of those forms of exercise, right? Because they're they're fine in their doses and knowing what we can expect from them. But like mm-hmm. five days a week of that stuff is probably not the best for your body. And that's why she ended up having a knee surgery and among other things, among the like yo-yo dieting and stuff like that, because she went through the similar like, I don't know how to work with my body. I just know that I constantly I'm trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. So I had her do a year of just soul strength training. Like she was coming in three days a week. We were doing nothing. She wanted to do like high intensity, whatever. And I was like, no, you need to learn about your body. You need to do the basics of strength training. You didn't, you didn't learn any of that. So we basically have rebuilt a lot of stuff. We did like more mobility to start because she was still coming out of rehab. And just the past like few months, I let her start to, I let her, like I have control. I don't have complete control. I'm with you. I, I'm always like, I let you, I, you know, I yeah, but it's like, I get it. I, I totally get it. For yes. her actual like Metcons or higher intensity stuff. And we started to get into that. And she was like, I love this stuff. Like so excited. You can see her light, like the, the light bulb and the light in her eyes, mm-hmm. just like so excited. But I was like, you earned this through boring, sexy stuff for a year. Like you earned this. She goes, I know. I, she's like, so excited. Like I definitely earned this, but like yes. you have to earn the fun, sexy stuff. And like, I'll sprinkle some things in here and there just so that we're still enjoying because fitness doesn't need to be like this terrible thing you dread all the time, but like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't also need to be running in your body into the ground 24 seven. Right. Oh my gosh. So I would love, I, well, I'm definitely going to bring you back on again. Cause there's so many different, I actually took two pages of notes. I just want to let you know, <laughs> but so you're full of so many amazing things, but I would love like, if there's something you just want to leave with everybody, right? Like, what do you want to leave with everyone? My, my biggest thing with this podcast is when I started signing off my blog post over 10 years ago, sincerely Casey, like never felt normal. I was like, this is kind of weird. So I just started writing like, be true to you. And that was like my biggest thing. I was like, just say, Hey, here's my story, but like, do you, and that always felt very authentic for me. And so that's where true to you came from. And like my fit and I, my everything. So I would love to know for you, it's like, what, like, what does that mean to you? And like, what would you leave with people? And then we'll make sure they can find you everywhere. You following you. Um, that's such a, I love that because that's something that like we kind of talked about a couple of times, right? Like coming back into yourself, like knowing your body and something that I try to teach people when I'm working with them is like, I want them to like go into their body and like, tell me what they're feeling. I don't want to tell them what they should feel. And it's very hard for people, but like beginning to understand your body and like know and learn about your body is so, so important. And I always tell people like what you feel in your body is, is valid. And like, I can't be the one to tell you what you feel in your body, 
Um, so I just like, I hope that when people are working on things or working with people or working with clinicians or healthcare providers, that they feel autonomous enough to like speak up and be true to what their body's telling them. Right. So like that, and then also like listen to their bodies because saying true to you, in my opinion, as like the physical therapist, here's your friendly neighborhood physical therapist telling you like (laughs) your body, if your shoulder is telling you something like don't just push through something like those little, what I call whispers, they are supposed to be there. They're, they're purposeful. Like we're not going to go through our lives without pain ever. Like that is not realistic. Pain is part of the human experience. So like staying true to you to me means like really giving your body the time of day to like pay attention to it and like kind of listen to it. So, um, that, that is what I'll leave with. There's a bunch of ways that you could go with that, and I probably could talk forever. But I'll. I. <laughs> That's why I love you because I'm like, girl, you're like right on that level with me. Like I love, I like just like I, I love to talk and get it out there and share it all. And you've been absolutely amazing. I am like so excited we've connected, and I just want to bring you back on again. Cause I'm like, there's so many things that we could go into that I think would be so beneficial for so many people, but where can people find you and like anything, like all of your classes you were talking about and stuff. Yeah. Like if you want to drop all that, please do. And we'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah. So I mostly live on Instagram. Um, not really, but like, that's where I spend a lot of time. So I'm totally. at Jen Hostler, like really simple. So I do a lot there. I'll post a lot about different things. Um, and I do my daily cars, coffee and cars is kind of what I've turned it into. Now it's coffee it. by the pool. Cause I have a pool now. Cause we just, I moved. saw that <laughs> I was like, like I said, I follow along with you and I yeah. don't like Florida. So I have family in Florida and they also have one of those, like cage. I call it the pool with the cage. Like, yeah. I'm like, what is that? That is so cool. Like you can kind of use the pool whenever, like, yes. I don't know. It keeps Crazy. things out of the pool so you don't have to clean it as much, which is like the most amazing oh, thing. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, I love it. So we just moved it into a house that has that. So that's what I'm doing on Instagram. Um, and then I teach, I have an online membership where all of my kin stretch classes, which are where you want to learn about body control and learn about your body, like the stuff that I'm talking about. I go through every class and that's like what we do. And I'm explaining things like, this is what this means if you feel this, or this is how to adjust this. Like it's, you know, I talk a lot. So like my coaching is different. <laughs> Girl, um, I love it. I love, <laughs> I'm not alone. It's so nice. Yeah. It's so nice. So um, that's what all those classes are. And so that's where I teach things. And then um, I have a strength training program as well, but most of my time is spent on Kin Stretch, which is the membership of groups essentially like pre-recorded mobility classes. So mm-hmm. that is, I think those are the biggest two things. And then um, movement upgraded is our, our business Instagram. I don't post as much on there just because one Instagram is all I can handle, but we do send out a movement tip email um, every Monday, movement tip Monday email. So love we it. send a lot of little details and little information about those. And we'll also update people on like YouTube videos. Cause I record videos on uh, like different exercises, how to implement them, like mixing mobility, strength training, and how to take care of your body and your joints. So those are the places that you can find me mostly. <laughs> I love it. And then what part of Florida are you in? If you don't mind me, you don't have I'm to tell Tampa. me. If you oh my, that's where my family lives. Oh, really? <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. We'll have to like, I'll have to connect them with you, but yeah, yeah. they've been in Tampa. Originally, I'm originally from Pittsburgh and okay. then we moved to Rhode Island like six years ago, but um, my husband and I, but my whole family's back in Pittsburgh. And so my family was originally, a lot of my family was from Pittsburgh and they moved to Tampa. That was like their thing more than 
more than 20 years ago. Like they've been there for a long time, but. Oh, wow. Okay. I've yeah, only been here yeah. seven because I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Indiana. So. Okay. I needed the cold. So. Now oh, listen, listen. There's so many times where I'm like, can't we just go somewhere? And Rhode Island is so beautiful in the summer. And it's like. That's how it is right? It kind of like makes you think like, it's okay, you know? And then it goes <laughs> yeah. back to the winter and you're like, screw this. Why am I in the North anywhere? Like anywhere, right? Oh my gosh. Well, that's so awesome. But I'm so thankful for coming on here. I'll make sure we stop and we'll, we'll uh, debrief at the end here, but thank you so much for coming on and I'll put all your stuff in the show notes and people definitely follow Jen. She's obviously full of so much knowledge and we will bring her back on. She is now part of the family here. So thank you, Jen. Thank you.